This episode of Good Sheilas is proudly sponsored by Colmeo Designs. Colmeo Designs is a bloody excellent lady startup created by a very talented mum, Yana. Colmeo Designs hand makes beautiful standout pieces of jewellery which will take your outfit from tired to inspired. Tragic to magic. Pedestrian to equestrian. <laughs> okay, we ran out. Visit Colmeo Designs, K-O-L-M-I-O, on Instagram and support an excellent local business. Listeners get 25% off at checkout by entering the code GOODSHEELERS. Fun fact about Claire. She is absolutely mad about fads that die faster than they start. Each and every one she has declared, this is the best thing I've ever done. <laughs> From F45 to adult ballet, skateboarding. It's pronounced ballet. <laughs> You're pronounced dickhead. Uh, skateboarding, watercolour painting, and more recently, marriage. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Good Sheilers, the podcast that will turn your stomach and warm your heart as we reflect on what makes all of us tick. I'm Bron, a Melbourne comedian. And I'm Claire, a human rights lawyer. And we're longtime friends, short-time mums and lifetime dickheads. Each episode we tackle something in the media as well as something in life that has kicked us in the guts. So strap yourselves in, mongrels, and get ready for Good Sheilers. Good day, everyone. Hello. 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 We have a special guest today. We do. Uh, we have Melbourne comedian, a bloody excellent nurse, and a fellow tired, tired mum with two ungrateful kids. We have Catherine McClintock. Hello, Catherine. Thank you so much for being on the show, mate. Thank you for having me. <laughs> As you can tell, she's got an accent. It is Canadian, which is not America. No. And it means you must like me. <laughs> no. It does. It's just very polite. So far. <laughs> Not always. But yeah. I'm ready though. Uh, we are very excited to have Catherine on today because, like I said, she is um, she is a mum, but she's also a, a nurse, which is something, a perspective that we haven't had yet. Yes. And she's a mum, but she's a fun mum. Yeah, she drinks in the morning. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> so, Catherine, thanks so much for coming, but... What has what has this time been like for you? Uh, well, I was getting ready for the Melbourne Comedy Festival. It was going to be my first one. And then uh, that was cancelled. What? Oh, no. uh, I mean, I was completely okay with it at the time. I thought that was absolutely the right decision. Uh, but it meant that I had to go back to a job, which was very in need at the time, but I was, you know... A bit yeah. disappointed. Yeah. We really needed the nurses, but not nurses that wanted to be doing stand up. <laughs> so rude. I'm a nice nurse, though. I mean, there's lots of like nasty nurses, trust me. I'm a nice nurse. You're a fun I'm nurse. I'm a nice nurse. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the morning. <laughs> Who's even talking to? <laughs> So what was it like to work in a, in a place where you were preparing for the pandemic? Like, what was that vibe like? Because you just started. When it was weird, started, yeah. Right? I started a new job on April 1st. Um, and I will say the hospital I work at 
they were very prepared. Mm. So it actually made me feel better knowing how prepared uh, our health professionals are and what they were getting ready for. And it didn't really eventuate. They mm. were like expecting this tsunami of people coming in and it mm. didn't happen. I was so lucky. Yeah. Oh, very lucky. But what was that anxiety like for you? Like that, that build up and that weight and everybody was kind of on tenterhooks just waiting for the, you know, the end of the world. What did that feel like? It felt very surreal. Um, like you're watching a movie. I guess yeah. a lot of people felt like that. Yeah. And you're just thinking, this is actually, is this happening? It's actually mm. happening. Yeah. Things like that. And what was it? Because I, I know that I, there were some teachers, um, teachers that I know who were nervous about going to work because they were like, oh my God, everyone is supposed to be social distancing, but there's not the space in the classroom for this. And I'm scared. Um, and I am nervous about telling the kids that I'm scared and then I go home and I'm scared that I've caught coronavirus yeah. from the kids at school and that was like in a, you know, not in a hospital that was just in like a gross classroom mm. in a hospital, were you nervous about going home? Absolutely, and I I have a uh like a chronic medical problem and so I take immunosuppressants and so I was even more worried about it um and so I went off of all of those medications just to make sure that I was probably probably wasn't the best decision in the long run because I'm not feeling great but um yeah definitely I've been very paranoid taking off all of my clothes before I've been in the Mm. house and I'm not even doing direct patient care at the moment I'm just like in an office job. Yeah. Still very essential, though. Oh, yeah. 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 Um. Your neighbours must have been thrilled. They're like, she's getting nude again. <laughs> <laughs> this is the strangest welcome home I've ever seen. <laughs> I would. I'd come home, I'd take off all my clothes, and then jump in the shower straight away. Yeah. And did your kids learn that, like, when mum comes through the door, it's not the usual routine of running out to hug? Were you like, stop! Absolutely. Mm. My five-year-old didn't really understand oh, it because he's so very sad. loving. Yeah. And that yeah, well they don't. The five year olds understand almost nothing. Yeah, and this is the, this is a crazy thing about COVID. It's like we we don't understand what's going on, and then we ask these little kids to understand what's going on, and they were like, uh, right. Uh, and then we're like, don't touch like everything. Like you can't yeah. go to you can't go to playgrounds. Mm. This is the crazy thing. Like you can't go to playgrounds. Coronavirus, coronavirus, coronavirus. And I fucking hate playgrounds. So that worked out beautifully. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it every moment and then there's always some dickhead who goes it's usually one of mine mum push me on the swing and every time I say I don't do that <laughs> I've got a firm rule I don't push kids on the swing I hate it I will not do it and so I like I, it's not an enjoyable place for me but it has reopened yeah. and the kids have seen my kids have seen people at the at the what's it called a park and they'll say <laughs> And then, like, so today they're like, can we please go? And we got there, and, like, my my kids weren't terribly nervous, but they were like, so, wait, coronavirus isn't here anymore. And I'm like, well, kind of, but it's not here. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I'm like, no, it's it's evacuated this place. Like, it's it's said no thanks to this park. It's gone to a different park. Like, this park's fine. So, like, it's so weird to be, like, trying to tell these kids... This is what it means when I don't really know what all of it means, but none of us do, right? Nobody, and it's June, right? Yeah, I was just thinking, like, all the new language that's in our vernacular, like, social distancing, PPE, like, community transmission. Like, if someone said those words six months ago, I would have just... Well, you're a medical professional, so you probably would understand. (laughs) But, like, I would have just been like, what? And now I use those words like I know what they mean. Mm. I don't think I do. 
but I think I'm important. Especially, <laughs> especially PPE. Which what does it stand for? Quick, First tell protective me. equipment. Whoa. That's not right. No, it is. Yeah. Oh, thank God. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh yeah. See, I didn't know that one because I don't ever need it. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you don't, exactly, you don't. Well, I don't need it, so that's fine. Yeah. I also don't need coronavirus, but I know that word. Yeah. Yeah, good for you, mate. So that's good. Um, <laughs> but all of our kids have gone back to school. They have. Well, not every single one, but the kids who go to school have gone back. And that transition... Wait, no, everyone is back now. Yeah, but like Frida, she's one. She's not a person. She's not <laughs> yeah. a person, mate. She's one. <laughs> she, I'm dropping her off anyway. <laughs> Bye, Frida. Fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> Pandemic's over. Remote learning is over. You've learned how to walk. I'll see you later. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> but what has the return to school been like for you, Catherine? I said before you answer that, what was remote learning like for you guys? Okay, it was painful, uh, but mostly not for me because I was at work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did have some work home from work from home days, but my, my husband is in the position where uh, it made sense for me to go to work and for him to stay at home and teach the kids. He's not as patient as I am. Yeah. And so I'd be trying to work and then I hear tears. Oh no. Um, and then <laughs> good timing. Uh, all around. Everybody. Um, uh, and so he for his own mental health, I am glad that school has gone back. Yeah. The kids yeah. didn't want to go though. And for their relationship as well. Because you don't like, you know, like the I reckon Olive started to associate the mornings with me. It was like, oh my God, mum's gonna make me learn how to do subtraction. And mm. I didn't want to do that with her. And I yeah. often didn't, but I like I didn't I didn't like that burden on our relationship. Which mm. is often you know, I have to tell her what to do. Yeah. And that's like the basics of life. Like you have to have a bath or you have to brush your teeth or you have to like pour me a wine. Like there's things <laughs> that I that she has to do to survive. And I didn't necessarily want them to have the academic stuff yeah. in there. So for your husband, Bob, I'm sure that he was like, I this is not good for my relationship with my kids. No. And he also got told off by the teacher. Because uh, oh. you mentioned maths. He was yeah. trying to, uh, Ava was having trouble with some of the maths homework. And, and she's eight. And she's eight. Yeah. And he was teaching her how he knew how to do maths. Oh, no, the, and then she got, way I know, he got oh. told off by the teacher. There was a very stern email that went to a number of different parents. <gasps> what was he doing? Was it like? He was doing it like, you know, um, one over top of the other. You know, yeah, yeah that's how you do it, right? No, 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 it's all in a line. What? I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. I didn't have to know it because I didn't have to teach it. But <laughs> Oh, no, I was teaching all of the one on top of the other. Because how else you... It's like it's, we, don't, we don't speak another language of the wrong way, bro. <laughs> well, I do it how I want to do it. Like, that is bananas. <laughs> speaking of the language of maths. <laughs> I'm not Rain Man. <laughs> I have a beautiful mind scratching things on the windows. I'm sure he's done this one on top of the other. I'm Am I right, Russell? They're changing the goalposts. I don't think that's fair. No, I don't. And I think it should be, um, you know, okay, they've got their curriculum, but my daughter wasn't getting it the way that they were teaching it. Mm. And so my husband used the way we were taught and she got it. So yeah. whatever works, right? Totally. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and so I think that that, so for for context, Claire worked from home full time and also did the, the remote learning as well. But I was not working um, and I did the remote learning. So we all had very different experiences with remote learning. I don't think I would want to leave Lucas, even though he was he was actually quite a good teacher. 
week off and he did it, but I don't think I would like to give that responsibility to him. Mm. I would I would want that. Is that because you're a teacher? <clears throat> Partly, but also because I, I f- yeah, maybe it's because I'm a teacher. Maybe it's because I'm a little bit of a control freak. But <laughs> I just I don't I like he was uh, he's got a different he's from a different culture. Like he's he's Polish. And they're like they're soldiers. Yeah, <laughs> they're disciplinarians, and it like I just don't think that it's like nervous kids can learn. Mm. And I, uh, even though he's super bright and he he learnt by whilst being nervous, which blows my mind, I don't think that that is how my kids would learn. And I didn't want them to try to learn that way. Yeah. So yeah. I didn't trust that his learn his teaching, which is not fair, was going to be that effective. And I like doing that. So I would find going out to work and leaving him as the teacher would be quite stressful for me. But you didn't necessarily feel that? Uh, no, I did feel that. Yeah. Um, and I, I felt guilty that I wasn't there. Um, um, do you think Bob would have felt guilty if he wasn't there? No. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's called feminism. <laughs> Internalised misogyny. <laughs> What about for you, Claire? Like, what did you... Uh, Did Wally do much of the teaching? No, at the time of remote learning, before I gave up and decided that remote learning was cancelled, which is very good parenting, um, he was working, like, full-time with a really rigid job that wasn't flexible at all. So I was really lucky that I can be flexible with my hours, so I had more time during the day to, to teach the kids. But I'm not very good at it, it turns out. I, we had this one moment where I was trying to teach Stevie to write little letters and I wrote out a sentence, I think it was like the quick brown fox and whatever, and, um, and while he was standing nearby um, and watching me do it with Stevie and, and I was like, she would write like the right T, the right H and then write the E backwards and I just, because it just came naturally to me, it's how I learned, I leaned over her, rubbed out, it goes, that's not good enough, do it again. Yeah, <laughs> are you really unpolished? But I don't, because it just, to me it makes sense, right? And she's like, mom, and I'm like, do it again. And then, then, then she was doing it. And then, and then Wally's like, what are you, what are you doing? Why are you trying to teach her? I'm like, if it's not good enough, don't bother. That's what I'm trying to teach her. But at <laughs> the start of remote learning, were you like, this is the best thing I've ever done? <laughs> I think, I, I was just so anxious at the beginning of it, because I'm like, who can, I can't, I can't teach. I don't know how to do this. And I didn't. I couldn't do it. Every technique I used was wrong. Mm. And so I gave up. Chucked it in the bin. Hmm. Hmm. With my marriage. (laughs) (laughs) And adult ballet. And her 45. And watercolours. I don't stick to anything. She's a quitter. (laughs) 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 But it was, yeah, it was, it was true. But going back to school, like how how have your kids adapted going back to school, Catherine? Uh, My son was ready uh, because he's in love, legit, with his teacher. (gasps) Yeah, that's (laughs) happy. these books where uh, he had to had to read online and send for the videos. This was during remote learning, and he it would take him about three minutes of I love you, Miss Nicholson. I just love you so much, Miss Nicholson. Oh, just Aww. I love I love you, Miss Nicholson. Like <laughs> so over and over and over again. <laughs> <That's> so beautiful. <laughs> so he was really excited to see his teacher. <laughs> she was less excited to see <laughs> <that stalker. laughs> <guy> again. <laughs> um. 
my daughter was not as happy because it meant less iPad time. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my, my kids had a lot of screen time. Mm. We we got into a habit of watching when after I cancelled school, <laughs> watching a movie every day, like during. And we watched all the nineties movies that I watched when I was a kid. It was really mm. beautiful bonding exercise for me personally. Stevie doesn't like those movies; she finds them very scary. So yeah, next so time we won't watch Scream. Yeah, we watched Hocus Pocus. No, of course I'm kidding. We watched Hocus Pocus. Did you watch that? Yeah, we watched Hocus Pocus. Do you remember that, Catherine? Yes. That was brilliant. Matilda. We love Matilda. Yeah, Yeah. Secret Garden, Mm -hmm. Casper the Friendly Ghost. Yeah, It was a journey. It was a beautiful journey that Stevie did not enjoy at all. (laughs) But it was good for my bonding with myself. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you had a good time, Claire. But it is really interesting that, like, from what Claire said, what Catherine said, what I said, that we had to do... A bulk of like I guess the worry I guess yeah you know, like I don't we have emotional we, labor yeah we haven't had a, like a male voice but I really feel like I took on a lot there Claire you took on a lot there and Catherine if you were at home you probably would have taken on a lot there you felt nervous about leaving Bob there not that he didn't do an amazing job I'm sure he did Bob's lovely everybody he likes me to remind you that yeah, yeah. he's very yeah he's shut up super- Bob <laughs> show off <laughs> you with the with the homeschooling remote learning would he no. probably not hmm. great and i'm sure bob would agree with that i'm really aware that bob's listening stop bob he <laughs> probably <laughs> won't is that outside the window <laughs> yeah hello bob but so what we want to talk about today is the gendered impacts mm. of coronavirus so um women had to like ended up doing a bulk of the house crap and whilst we all hoped that the blokes would see just how much work most of us women do, it didn't exactly work out that way, unfortunately. And for most of us women, the patterns of gendered roles only amplified. Men got stuck into their careers or trying to salvage them, and women picked up the mess. So uh, kids, housework, uh, anything to do with remote learning, um, the care. So I know that like teachers, which is like all of the careers that are predominantly female occupied, like teaching and nursing and aged care, those were in more demand than ever. Mm-hmm. But home life seemed to become more stressful for women than any other, than than for men generally, mm-hmm. and I found that really interesting. And I think that, that we're in a stage socially now where we're talking about the lasting economic impact of this pandemic, right? And we already live in a society where where your economic future is very gendered. You know, as we have discussed in the podcast before, women tend to work in lower paid jobs. They tend to exit the workforce with less superannuation. They're the largest growing cohort of homeless and housing insecure people in our community, women over 50. And this pandemic has made that impact worse and probably intergenerational so some of the data that came out today is of people who are unemployed 5.3 percent of women lost their jobs compared to 3.9 percent and they've lost hours of total work over the week so this is like for all full-time and part-time casual workers for they've fallen by 11.5 percent whereas it's for men it's 7.5 percent there's quite a gendered gap there and also that women are twice as likely in the data to be looking for a new job. 
because of their obligations to their family. So, for example, the burden of homeschooling. So not only have they been disproportionately impacted in the workforce and exiting the workforce, it's harder for them to get back in. Mm. And then you look at women who are, you know, the, the casual workforce. Yeah, men and mostly women. Yeah. yeah, like cafe workers, restaurant workers, sales workers. Like they are very vulnerable right now in, a, mm. in an economy where, like, where, where people aren't spending money. And then the government comes in. Oh, this was good. They just, got us here. They did. They were so good. sneaky. So, so sneaky. So what did they do? What did they do, Bron? They came in and they said, hey, women. <laughs> we hate fucked. you. Exactly. <laughs> so that with, uh, they had, what did they do, Claire? So they had, so there was a package which started at the beginning of the pandemic, which is about, um, chi- uh, which is about childcare specifically. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Childcare. So, so childcare centres for for um, children who aren't, aren't schooling age yet. And already it's heavily subsidised by the federal government. Um, you pay about half of your fees, and that's adjusted depending on what your salary is. But they made it free for the pandemic. And now, we'll do this for six months. And then they were like, oh, we're going to give special subsidies for people in the sector to keep their jobs because demand fell by like 70%. And then what did they do? And then they recently said, oh, this is going to last a long, oh, look, a little while. Yeah. Don't worry, guys. Just don't. You've don't got worry. six this, months. This is going to be fine. And then they said, actually, just joking. Just joking. 20th of July. And they pushed that back two weeks. So originally they'd said early July. And then they said, oh, fine. I get it. You're all a bit stressed and you're annoyed that it was much longer. Fucking women. <laughs> and fine. We will make it the 20th of July now. And so... We, I, got, I got an email today from um, Edie's daycare saying, um, you know, and it, like, for, for me personally, it doesn't affect me that much. Like I'm not, like at the moment I am not really working. Uh, and so I was like, okay, that's fine. But for the people who are kind of trying to navigate home life and desperately are leaning on these child cares to please like make this, make this work for me so I can work from home, I felt like this was a huge kick in the dick because not only is probably, like you just said before, the stats of women losing their jobs and also losing, if not losing their jobs, losing heaps of hours, trying to make, and also holding up a household and trying to deal with these kids who are navigating coronavirus, like with that emotional labour in itself is enough, then they're saying, oh, by the way, now childcare is definitely going to cost, it's going back to exactly the same amount of yeah, rate. the same. And this is not like child cares are suffering from this as well. This is not the, like this is not like the child cares are being like super greedy about this. Like we had, I had an email today from Edie Stakers saying, this like you know we have to pay you, we have to charge you guys this amount of money, knowing that it's going to hurt families, because we've got like we have to pay our staff like the, yeah. the right amount of Who money. Who are so low paid already? Yeah. They just are paid nothing. It's it's barely a wage. Like, and I always found it really confronting. Like, you go into the inner city, like you know, Brunswick, Coburg, and you go to a childcare center, and these women, like, they they are paid so little, they can't afford to live where they work. Yeah. So they do an hour commute each fucking way because mm. they they cannot live in Brunswick. Like, they, they, the wages just do not permit that kind of lifestyle. It's just extraordinary how low the pay is and they had been so at, at Frida's daycare they had a system where um because they didn't get job keeper because they were part of a larger charity and so they didn't they didn't lose enough revenue to qualify and so they were having these these women 
and they're all women who had were doing one day off, one day on, one day off, one day on, like they're sharing the reduced hours of their fucking nothing pay. Mm, and that's so hard. It's so awful. And this is a job that most most of the women who are working there, and this is like from my experience, mm-hmm. and we like we went to a number of different daycares because we're gypsies, but we had <laughs> it was these were mothers. Yeah. Like, these were women who chose this job because it worked for their family. Yeah. And so it was, it was not like it was like, oh, I'm just a, look, I'm just doing like, um, I work part-time at Hungry Jack's and I thought this would be a cute job on the side. And I work at, I live at mum's house and that's just in like, just next to Carlton Gardens. Like this is not a part-time job for these people. This is a job that they ha- they had chose because it worked for their family. Yeah. And they are living in... Like, I think most of them were living in Sunbury at one of the daycares that we went to, which was nowhere near Brunswick. And it's like, there's nothing wrong with Sunbury. It's a lovely place to live, but it's an hour and a half commute each way, right? May as well live in Canada. Yeah, exactly. How's oh, that? that's 30 hours to get home. <laughs> I can tell you. <laughs> so we are, well, I get your point, though. <laughs> so did your kids go to daycare before they went to school? They did, and I was excited because this is, uh, Ben started prep this year, and so then we didn't have to pay anymore. Oh, yeah, so, 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 so expensive. Yeah. It's so expensive. Yeah, it is. It's expensive. But what, so the problem that we have is, um, with this, or that a lot of people should have with this, is that whilst the government is cu- cutting these um, cutting funding here or cutting any kind of assistance there. They are cu- shoving all of this funding into um, building, right? Oh, so this is a special economic stimulus that ScoMo and his mates have come up with where if you are buying new property or build- building new property or if you have a renovation that is worth more than $150,000, they'll chuck some money in. $25,000. So... This is so. This is they're like we're going to boost the economy this way. We're going to keep tradies in their jobs. Like I understand the angle they were going right. We're going to keep these tradies in the job. They're going to be off job keeper. Don't worry, they're not taking your tax money. But the way that we're going to do that is we're going to offer people a twenty five thousand dollar cut or like a I don't know gift voucher, whatever the fuck they do in the building. Uh, if you if you pay one hundred and fifty thousand dollars on renovation to get a fucking marble bench top in your fucking designer kitchen, yeah. fucking kill! It just makes you so angry. Like of all the stimulus packages that the government could come up with, they have channeled money into a male-dominated workforce when all of the evidence and all of the data says that this pandemic and this recession is disproportionately impacting women and vulnerable people. And, and people on low low socioeconomic exactly backgrounds. Exactly, So the people who are benefiting from this are who, Claire? Like, don't worry, we don't. They're, they're rich mates. <laughs> rich, so is exactly. it numbers? It's numbers. Yeah, it's boomers. It's boomers. It's boomers, our favourite people. It's the Karens. <laughs> well, not even Karens. It's the Warrens. <laughs> it is the blokes. It is the blokes. <laughs> Who, who oh. have so it's the people who can who can afford one hundred fifty thousand dollars. Who have that after a pandemic? Who have that kind of money and equity lying around that they can afford that? Yeah. So these are not people who've just lost their jobs. These are not your friends. These are not. <laughs> these are not Claire's friends. <laughs> not, if you can afford that, you're listening to the wrong podcast. Exactly. <laughs> this is not your podcast. Go and listen to. What did they listen to? What did Richard listen um, to? I they wouldn't be listening to podcasts. Three A W. Yeah, anything with <laughs> Eddie McGuire on it. I know. Ew. Yeah. So it is. Yeah. So they've 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 given these rewards or these cuts to people who um, have not them. necessarily suffered from this. And I understand the angle they went, but this was such a liberal government 
um, move. But why? Okay, sure. Okay, you're looking at an industry that needs to be kept afloat because construction is a really core part of our economy. It's important. New home builds create jobs. Like we, we know that. But choose another angle. Be like, hey, we have really bloody terrible state housing. Like, housing is a disgrace yeah. and it's dangerous and we have cladding issues and, like, then, like, housing in Melbourne, it gets so hot that people sleep on their balconies. Like, mm. that's, it's just, they're not good, safe places to live and it's not a way you break people out of the cycle of inequality. Put some money there. The impact is the same. And we know that the long-term benefit of improving people's living conditions is that they usually have better fucking lives. So not only is that the right thing to do, it actually costs the government less in the long term because they're paying for less fucking trauma yeah so like there's no way you can just they're not going to get votes from people who live on balconies this is like Catherine what's the worst share house you've ever lived in Okay, here's the thing. I lived with my parents until I was shit 25. <laughs> <laughs> that is a shit But in Canada, house. we have basements. So, oh, But they did remind me how much money it was costing them for me to live there oh, all the time. And then when I moved to Melbourne, in I... In the basement. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's... Get out of there! Yeah, exactly. It's the rats. <laughs> no. Basements in Canada are pretty, like, deluxe, actually. Oh, so like, they're you... great. I miss them because you could just chuck your kids down there and... No worries. Not, not here. <laughs> I'm still not making it so deluxe. I want to put my kids in a shed. I'm waiting for the deluxe bit. Like, this is the penthouse. You can put your kids in there. I'm going to make a garage happen, okay? A bit. Um, <laughs> no, when I moved, <laughs> I moved to Melbourne and I shared with two other nurses who were best friends. And so I was the third one. Uh, and they ironed their underwear. Oh, together. wow. <laughs> That's romantic. Not together. But, you know, that kind of just Sexy nurses. An idea of what they were like. And they'd leave yeah, me yeah. passive-aggressive notes about the crumbs that I'd left on the kitchen bench. Oh. And so the actual house wasn't Yeah, it wasn't bad. Yeah. It was the yeah, em- emotional trauma. Yeah. But, okay, I just need to paint more of a picture of your fancy basement. So <laughs> what was fancy about the basement? They're finished. So it's like, imagine this Thank with God just a smaller... <laughs> it's not four walls. Exactly, there's definitely a roof. It's like a rumpus room. It's a rumpus room. And sometimes, well, my bedroom oh, was downstairs. Okay. It's why I like white noise because the furnace, you know, the heat pump for the whole house is just, is in there. It's to house mm. all of that. And it helps with like heat distribution in uh, Canada as well. Because it's really, really crazily cold, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like minus. And it's a basement. It's underground, right? Yeah. Well, there's part of it that's up because you have to have windows so in case there's a fire you can get out. Because in case the furnace bursts into flames and you need to crawl out into the snow and roll around. Canada's terrifying. Serves you right for leaving your crumbs on the bench, that's what I say. (laughs) Were there bears? Uh, Not in the basement. (laughs) In your hometown of Canada. Um, Not... (laughs) I'm sure there was some. Uh, My parents had one, like... um, your parents had one. And like, um, they have like a a shack, I guess. Like a, and did the bear about get an hour away from you got the basement. <laughs> no, there was there was a bear. Was it finished? <laughs> the bear? <laughs> I'm confused now. Uh, I told you this podcast runs on professionalism. Exactly. We are just 
consummate professionals. And, and we will podcast. always come back to a bear. I'm exactly. So it's the interesting creatures, Bron. So tell us about the bear. <laughs> Bears. See, okay. Here's the thing. Bob tries to get me to go camping, and I'm like, I'm not going camping because I'm afraid of snakes and spiders. And he's like, Yeah, but you know, they're just little and they're more scared yeah. of you. And blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Yes, but you can't see them until they're there and oh, they're yeah. you know on you. Whereas a bear, you make lots of noise. You know, like they usually come out for food. So if you keep your food like away from where you're sleeping, mm -mm. they won't bother you. Okay. So when yeah. you say if you make lots of noise, are they scared? Of, are they scared of noise? Well, like if there's one, I'm speaking from my extensive experience. Yeah. Like if they're not all angry and stuff, and they're just like if around, you can make noise, and it might just go. Oh, I don't want to deal with that. And that is a noisy lady. <laughs> I just have better. I'm gonna go back into Captain's mom. <laughs> She's <house>. finished. <laughs> okay. Good. Uh, uh, so bears. Look, I'm gonna cancel that because what I want to talk about is. Culture because that is what is kind of ha it's been happening for a while mm -hmm. and it is happening right now. Uh, Catherine, can you please tell us what you think cancel culture is? And if you get it wrong, you're cancelled. Oh, I am terrified of saying the wrong thing. You can't, you, you can't. There's no, no one listens. We've to never this. said a right uh, thing. <laughs> I feel like there's okay, I feel like there's two categories of people that can't get cancelled, mm. uh, and I could be wrong about this. Uh, that people that are just garbage humans that say the wrong things and don't care and they get cancelled mm -hmm. and people who say the wrong thing and then check themselves and are like listen I'm sorry and then still get cancelled anyway and still get cancelled yeah, anyway yeah. and then there's possibly a third category that I just thought of right now of people that get cancelled for things they did in the past when there were perhaps different standards yes yeah. that's very true yeah. Yeah. yeah great so you're right so that's there's good. definitely good right down uh, but cancel culture is uh, it's when someone does something that the society doesn't like. So usually people in the public eye and they do something or say something that the society thinks that's fucked and then they get all of their sponsorships cancelled. They get uh, a lot of people unfollow them on social media and they will get like a lot of their jobs will get cut loose. And so cancel culture, like a really great example of that is Roseanne. Mm. So Roseanne was a like a bullshit piece of shit hunk of shit, pile of shit, racist, um, and tweeted about black people um, looking like apes or something yeah. horrific. And then her show got cancelled, and then I've never, I've never heard from her about. It. She t used to text me all the time. <laughs> okay, <laughs> where's that? Yeah. I'll see you soon, babe. But it is like I, I she, like the world cancelled her. Yeah. So she, she is effectively gone. There was another lady, Claire, you were telling us earlier about a lady on a plane? So there was a woman a few years back and she worked as a NPR media. She was quite a big deal. And she was about to jump on the plane for a business trip to, um, to I think she was traveling to Johannesburg. And she tweeted, I'm about to go on a plane and go to Africa. I'm going to get AIDS, LOL, no I won't, I'm white. Turned up her phone, got on the 18 hour flight. And while she was on the flight, the really racist, shitty thing that she said went viral. 
and people were like counting down like in in the meantime on the, while she was on this flight like you know disconnected from the world she lost her job she lost her relationship she lost everything somebody started a website where it counted down the hours and i think the website was called countdown to whatever this like um name woman's was that's catchy but, website yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just rolled out the duck <laughs> And then, and like the the whole like the, everybody was waiting, but it what the fuck thing about that? <laughs> it was a good website name. Okay. The fuck thing about that is that like what she did was unequivocally wrong, right? Yeah. But there was this kind of shared joy, this ravenous hunger to watch her life fucking fall apart. But on the other hand, as I said that out loud, you cannot compare that you know, that, that, that kind of trauma that she experienced individually, like to the, like the fucking millions of people who have, you know, died of AIDS or have suffered from racial, racial prejudice because of the color of their skin, or, you know, couldn't participate in the same way that white people do like to get medical care. And when you weigh it up like that, the cancellation of one woman for saying a dumb thing on the internet is actually appropriate in context. But where, where is the line? And why do some people not get cancelled? Woody yeah. fucking Allen. Woody, yeah. What do you know about Woody Allen, Catherine? Uh, I know that he's a filmmaker, and yeah. I really only enjoyed one of his films. Which one? Uh, uh, the one with Kate Blanchett. I can't think of it. Uh, I don't, I don't <laughs> know. I love Kate Blanchett. Jasmine, yeah, Jasmine. Jasmine. Oh, Blue Jasmine. Oh, yeah, yeah. good. But he is good, but what, like, in his personal life, he married his stepdaughter. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and that, had rape allegations by his biological daughter, right? Yeah. 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 He is so creepy, and there's been a few female act- actresses who have said, I don't want to work with yeah. you because I, 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 I'm just unequivocally... I'm disgusted by yeah. you, and like whilst your art is amazing, you are horrible. Like you, how could you be such a horrific man? And everyone be like, oh, look, I just ignore that because Blue Jasmine was a good film, and I agree with you. Like his films are really good, but he will not be cancelled. That creepy little man won't be cancelled. Donald Trump. Oh my god! Right. Don't get me started. I can't. Canceled? I can't. Yeah. But men get this re-rise, right? Like, Mel Gibson's a great example. Like, yeah. he has all these horrific anti-Semitic things, and, really, like, he continues to be racist and extreme, and he's back. Like, he is now permitted again in, in kind of spaces where he has a voice. Like, there's a different rule book for, for like, powerful men, and they don't get cancelled in the same way. But what happened this week was J.K. Rowling, Bron's favourite author of all the favourite books Arthur that Miller. she has... <laughs> She's my favourite. I, I, I used to like Arthur Miller the best, but J.K. Rowling. Arthur J.K. How Rowling. How do you pronounce Author. Oh, uh. Author. I literally don't know how you got into uni. <laughs> You're a bit of a bully, bro. Yeah. Fuck off, Catherine! <laughs> Cancelled! And she of, of, of Harry Potter. I Harry Potter. Do you like those books? I have not read them. Cancelled. Yeah, I know. 
I've only watched the films. I love them. But not, I yeah. love them. Yeah, people tend to really love it, and she's got like a cult following. Yeah, like she's got yeah. a cult, like people, and it like it's widespread. It's like kids now really love it, and like grown ups, like gr- like Claire, you're at least fifty, and you are <laughs> mad. You're mad for it. I and then it. there's and there's people who have like you know like capes and like hidden wands, and I'm just like wildly embarrassed for them. But she has affected so many people's lives, and what people loved about her is that she was saying the weirdo is great. Yeah, exactly. You know, like the weird, like Hermione, she had like crazy hair, and she was like quite outspoken young girl, and then there was like the gross redhead one, and then there was like <laughs> you Ron know, like Weasley. Yeah, aren't you redheaded? The weedy scum. Oh man, <laughs> the weedy. Scum. I, Catherine, last chance. Uh, <laughs> Like the weedy scar-faced orphan who was like, you know, like was like came out from the depths of the he stairs or something. Scar-faced. Whatever. Like... That was a scar on his face. Claire, don't try <laughs> and challenge me on my Harry Potter knowledge. And so, but everybody, you're all telling heroes. the story of why Harry Potter is important. Exactly. So this is. What... <laughs> So this, so all of these weirdos, and she like she celebrated them. It was like amazing, look great, and the the meanies never won. Like the, the yeah, white yeah. hair ones never won, and like the like the creepy like there was like the weird old wizard, and whilst he died, he was like still celebrating. Like the weirdos were great in that, and all of the like generally people who in, in like real life who were probably a bit weird at school loved it because it yeah. spoke to them. Yeah, yeah. And what J.K. Rowling has come out and said is trans women are not real women. Yes. And this is hugely problematic. Will she be cancelled? It's a it's an interesting conversation because she's always presented herself as a really strong intersectional feminist. And just, just to unpack what that means a little bit, it's a brand of feminism, like I think the, the most important one that's around at the moment where, where we say, okay, yes, you're a feminist, but you also have to recognise that having particular types of of disadvantage in your life or different kind of aspects of your life that intersect with being a woman make your experience harder than other people's so it recognizes and acknowledges you know like racism and prejudice and discrimination and intergenerational trauma of like people of color and says that actually we as white women have privilege that in like when you compare it to theirs is way above them and so we have a responsibility to give them voices and not speak for them and you know and and make sure that they are part of our conversations and not just to focus on white feminism which is like early wave feminism so she's always kind of aligned herself with this voice and what she's been saying basically was that only women have periods and it's really problematic because that's not true it's just it's just unequivocally but also it 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 doesn't. Like, what a dumb thing to say. And it doesn't fucking matter. That's the thing. It doesn't matter. I hate mine. Yeah. I sucked in. I've got my period. Like I've never said that. I'll start now. I wanted mine. No. Oh, yeah. Have you heard of the book? Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Oh, I love that. Book. I know. I read it, and me and my girlfriends were like, "Who's gonna get it first? Did you win? Fine. I did. Oh, I know. I wanted you. something. You won your period. <laughs> What a shit prize. <laughs> it is a shit prize. But, like, I mean, there was a really interesting writing about this on, on the internet today, basically saying that she represents an, a form of feminism which was which was appropriate for her time, where women did have to, have to advocate for, like, bodily autonomy and, like, the just that, that menstruation is a thing, you know, that happens to women. And it shouldn't be ashamed of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, la, la, la. 
and but now we've moved on from that you know as a, as a society because we understand that you know the problems that women face across the world are way more complex and that gender and sexuality are a big part of that complexity but what do you guys think do you think that having that idea is a, is a place to have a conversation or a place for education or do we just do we just wipe out our voice entirely i think some people don't want to be educated um, they have the idea in their head and they're not willing to listen mm. up to us otherwise. And so you'd be kind of uh, banging your head against a wall, mm. really. But I wonder if she is willing to be... Because, it, like, you know, people's opinion, it comes with context. It has to, you know, like someone says... Uh, you know, like someone who has survived... Um, so my brother-in-law, his grandfather survived uh, going to war in Japan. So And he had Japanese soldiers shoot at him and he was... Um, afterwards hated Japanese people mm -hmm. and so when he would speak about them um, it would always be really hateful but you couldn't be like hey 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 yeah. don't say that is racist because his experience is completely different to mine and I'm not saying he was right but you have to respect someone's experience to an extent. Yeah, and that's a really tricky extent. line. I mean, Catherine, like, you in basements, like, do you feel angry or do you feel... The right. basement. Is it finished? I love the basement. <laughs> okay. So I happy I place. Had a basement. <laughs> but it is like with, with JK Rowling, like I mean like her her experience with feminism is but this is a point where she needs to be educated. This is where and we are at this really pivotal moment in our history like globally uh, is is like are we gonna learn from this or are yeah. we gonna keep pushing? We're gonna go back to the fucking status quo. And it's the people who were like super angry that people were going to the riots or not the riots, the protests about Black Lives Matter. Like, oh my god, hey, you guys think about the boomers, they might die. It's like, yes, but you like this is you guys are not thinking about the broader picture. And these mm. are not people who are trying to upset people, these are people who have something to say and use time to listen rather than saying what else someone is doing wrong. So J.K. Rowling, how I think she will be, she should be cancelled if she doesn't learn from that. But here, here is an argument for cancel culture and maybe why there needs to be a line in the sand. Like the world is a proliferation of voices, right? There are so many loud voices, and everybody only has capacity and space and time for a handful of them. Maybe we should be in a position where actually, if you can't say things that are consistently productive and kind and reflective of the community that we want to build, maybe we should just stop you having a voice, especially if you're powerful, and move you aside so somebody else's voice can be heard. Like, why do we give JK Rowling that space to learn publicly and give her more time to process dangerous ideas? Because, like, just what you said before is there is a context. Like you said about her, like her, her feminism. I don't know, it's the same as you, you, you know. But who decides that. that line? Yeah, yeah, that's the important point, right? Me, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Um, that, that's part of the argument. And also how you're trying to educate. So is there anybody in her life uh, trying to educate in a way that she, where she would listen? Because right now, when you cancel someone and you pile on them, pile on them, pile yeah. on them, it mm. makes them defensive. And exactly. Then... Well, she wrote a 3,000 word essay yeah. in, in like ju justifying her point of view. And I have not read it. Claire, you've read it. But I, you said it, she didn't apologize in this. She apologizes in, in, in that way where somebody doesn't apologize. And she just did something which I found really problematic is where she said that the reason that she felt so strongly about this is because she was a victim survivor of sexual assault and family violence, which is a, you know, an unacceptable thing. But to use that to justify that you're transphobic is just 
so so problematic she said that the reason one of the reasons she was she was really uncomfortable with trans culture is that because she felt unsafe in bathrooms that men were going to use it to use the bathrooms and that just shows a fundamental under misunderstanding of someone who writes a 3,000 word essay and uses her platform mm. to perpetuate like really dangerous ideas like does not like she's not going to take the space to listen she's taking the space to elevate her voice right she's done the opposite well because her voice she is be so doing. loud exactly and especially if you were saying that there's some people who are trying to desperately understand her because she means something to them. Like, she probably, like, to help them get through horrible teenage years and they really want her to not be a piece of shit. Yeah, I don't want to cancel Harry Potter. I love Harry Potter. I grew up with it. Did you read Daniel Radcliffe's article that he wrote? Yeah, I did. Mm. Yeah. He was, that was very, it was a really, and Emma Watson's come out now and uncriticised her as well and just been, they've been really uncritical that we do not side with you. Hmm. <laughs> So, can we cancel someone? Maybe. If Claire decides. If they know. Oh well, exactly. Thank God I don't have to decide. Everyone will be cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> Only women will survive this. Okay. Man. <laughs> I didn't say that. But I, yeah, I think I think it's nuanced and it has to be case by case. But the thing is, we don't get to decide that it's the point, right? You can have a whole bunch of angry people saying on Twitter... Yes, I'm going to cancel you. And the, like the CrossFit guy is a good example. The CrossFit guy, yeah, yes, brand knows about this. Okay, so the like the one of the founders of CrossFit, which is a, a excellent sport that I got <laughs> far too addicted to at one stage uh, and it broke my back. It um the guy one of the founders of that came out and said quite a racist thing after um uh, it's a, it's a shitty tweet that he made uh, and it was um, comparing. Uh, Floyd to COVID-19 and it was like it was very uh, poor taste and everyone came out and said that was gross what are you doing a normal response to saying something shitty if you genuinely didn't mean it is I I'm so sorry I, I'm so upset that I have upset people I did not mean that hmm. um, I completely I deleted that I did not mean that I was trying to be funny or I was whatever I will, you know, make a donation, whatever, something to try and I'll step away and learn. Yeah. Yes, I am listening now. He said, "I'm sorry, I upset people. Um, it was not a racist tweet, but I am sorry," which is not an apology. That's not an apology. And he won't be cancelled, but he's had over two thousand uh, CrossFit affiliates like um, have uh, left. CrossFit and also like a huge huge sponsors like, yeah, like Reebok Nike and, and Reebok. Yeah. yeah, they've said bye. And um, he will suffer for, for this for a bit. But he's so a super rich dude. Yeah, super super rich. He might just go yeah. into the, like you know in the background. It's like I'll do ballet. It's fine. F forty five is great. <laughs> Catherine, have you ever said something where you regretted it or you know had a moment of reflection and were like, oh my god, I need to change? Uh, I'm perfect. Good <laughs> for you. It's a really hard question. It is a really it hard is question. On the spot, I'm happy um, to, I'm I can to answer it. And also because I am constantly worrying that I've said the wrong thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Every day. Yeah. Uh, I I run over conversations in my head and kind of mumble to myself, and uh, my husband calls me out on it. So yeah. <laughs> Fuck, you live in the basement. <laughs> so annoying to be She's around. She's talking again. <laughs> She's locked the doors. <laughs> in the bears. <laughs> She's finished. <laughs> I, I think something that I was thinking about was um, I was I did a panel a couple of years ago and it was about like gender equality in the workplace and it was a bunch of women talking. I remember it was a really great discussion and everyone was really enjoying it. 
And then on the panel, like, I don't fuck who cares what the audience thought. <laughs> Just joking, I really cared. And then there's... <laughs> Going, okay, going. And then this woman got up and she's like, You guys look at each other. And she's like, You are a panel of white women talking and saying that you represent all women in the workplace, and you have not once looked around at each other and thought about your privilege. Mm. And I remember having this moment, and it was really like, and I, and like, it was a really important insight for me because I felt exactly what like a white bloke feels when somebody calls out the privilege I got really de- like I, like this is like this internal flurry I got really defensive I was like you like you don't know how what I've had to like my, you don't know what my life's been like blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. and I went through a full like micro experience of what it felt like what it feels to have your privilege called out and then and and then someone someone in the panel like really graciously responded to her and said you're absolutely right which she was she was absolutely right like how dare we get up there and speak as if we represented all women in the workforce when we we did not and we could not and then afterwards the panel got together and we were like okay well obviously there needs to be systemic response to this like this should never happen again because you never should have a homogenous group of people talking as if they represent everybody and you need to have measures in place to you know, to, to make sure that there's actual diversity, not just like just having women is not diversity. But I always I, I remember that moment. I remember that response, that really visceral response I had, where I was just angry at her for calling me mm-hmm. out. Yeah, and it was such like, and and that was a moment for me where I was like, oh, okay, well, I need to check myself because if I in that moment wasn't like, oh my god, straight away I'm wrong and was like defensive, that that's not good. Mm. Yeah, look, I reckon, you know when Facebook comes up with like your memories, oh, yeah. 10 years ago oh. you said this or whatever, oh. and those ones, I look back on those and I want to be like, I would never oh, say that again. And they're not like overtly racist, but there's like subtle hints to like things that I'm like, what was I even saying? Yeah. Like what am I even, like I can't even give an example because it's just so dumb. But I, but I feel like I have grown and yeah. I know that I wouldn't say some of the things I said back then. Um, oh, when I was in high school, I went to, uh, it was another white girl and I would go to the, you know, in Maya Hayford, the makeup stands and the, um, the perfume stands and oh, they would yeah. give you things. Yeah. We would put on Asian accents <gasps> and desperately try for people to think that perhaps we were Asian. Oh my God. <laughs> See, oh. I was 17. So that was like three years ago, <laughs> but I but I like I look back at that and we thought it was so funny. And oh no! But like and it's like a time when like racism was like like so normal. Right? But we weren't. I don't. We, I like and I, I, we weren't making fun of. We we weren't making fun of Asian people. Yeah. We were actually making fun of the people. We were thinking, oh my god, maybe we can trick us like a silly white person into thinking, like really confusing them. So we're making fun. But but it is racist. Like yeah. it was, it's, it, it wasn't okay. But we like our intention back then was not. Oh, let's make fun of a minority. So this is why context is important. And mm. then when you say before someone can get cancelled by something that they did in the past, I look back on my past. I'm like, oh my god, mm. I could, I could, like, if someone knew that I was making, um, an doing an Asian accent while getting, you know, like Elizabeth Arden red door sprayed on my sprayed on me, like. Like how horrible yeah, would that be? And yeah. I'd feel terrible and I would regret it. But at the time, when I was 17 years old and I was genuinely trying to be funny to my friend and make fun of the white lady spraying perfume and on me. And you didn't really understand I what didn't racism understand was. what it was. Yeah. yeah. And what was that? The, like 2003 or something. Which is around the time that um, that show about We Can Be Heroes came out. Did you watch that, Catherine? 
This is a nice way to finish up the conversation with uh, the Chris Lilly. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So they all just got cancelled. Um, we had a whole bunch of Australian shows. Did you watch them? Do you remember? I uh, Summer Heights High was the one I probably watched the yeah. most. Yeah. Cancelled. Yeah. Cancelled. Yeah. But that was because uh, he did a lot of blackface. Blackface. Yeah. He had he he. Uh, one of his characters was um, an Asian woman. One of his characters was a South African woman. One of his characters was a Tongan teenage boy. And then he had I think he had an uh, African American. Rapper. Rapper, yeah, that's right. And yeah. Then, so he had, and I don't think he was tr- trying to be racist. It just was. Yeah, that's and that's the thing. Like the the context thing is important, but at some point you have to say, okay, yes, maybe we can maybe we can give it a different kind of lens, but ultimately it has no place here. And it's not your voice. Yeah. Yeah. Some of it was more recent though, so yeah. the, it's not like uh, it, all of a sudden everything he did before being criticised. There was criticism over time and mm-hmm. he chose to keep doing it. Yeah, it's that thing where it's like you could choose to learn or you could choose to justify. Yeah. Well, you guys are comedians. Like, how's Chris Lilly viewed or seen No, now? he's not. He, I don't know. He's just a telly. He does in telly, isn't he? He's, he doesn't uh, do stand-up. I don't think he does stand-up now. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. But he yeah, used to he do stand-up? No, I don't think so. I think he's just uh, on the telly. Okay. I think he's like, apparently he's like really super shy and just works, likes to work by himself. Yeah, well, serves him right. <laughs> Got no mates, do you now? <laughs> so the uh, so uh, this it has been a long episode. It has. We have unpacked a lot. We talked about going back to school. We talked about uh, how women have um, ultimately been the biggest victims of COVID nineteen in the domestic world. We have talked about what it's like to be a nurse. In uh, such as oh, very briefly, but it is so cool that you are a nurse and a comedian and our friend and and someone who listens to this podcast. So thanks so much for coming on, and we have talked about um, living in caves or wherever you used to live. And um, <laughs> what else we talk about? We talked about cancelled, cancelled, cancelled. Yeah. We're all cancelled. This cancels, cancelled. Goodbye. Yeah. So great. So Claire's great at wrapping up. But thank, thank you, Catherine McClintock. Guys, keep an eye out for Catherine. She's an excellent comedian. And if you do ever get injured, she's an excellent nurse. Thanks so much for listening. We've been good, Sheila. Bye.